Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time to break down some of our favorite and least favorite bets for the Week 16 NFL slate. With me to talk about it all is Sean Green, the co-creator and co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Sean T. Green. Sean, thanks for coming back on the show. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Really looking forward to uh, the bonus Saturday games. I know my my wife is thrilled to find out that uh, nine hours of football on Saturday and Sunday, right before the holidays. So yeah, getting stoked here. <laughs> it's the best. And I, it was a little annoying that they didn't have any last weekend because the only Saturday, the only college football game was Army Navy, right? So, yeah, and I mean, you know, th- there was eight total passes in that game. I mean, <laughs> I watched it, but yeah. It would have been nice if they started Saturday games uh, last week. I know. I feel like they used to. I may be making that up. But anyway, yes, I love it. Three games. They're going to be great. Uh, And we're going to get into all of it. But before we do, we have to do the full Monty where we give everything that happened last week. And it was not that pretty. I missed on all three of my best bets, which included the Jaguars Raiders over 45, the Eagles and the Redskins under 39, and the Browns laying three to the Cardinals. I did hit on my top prop, which was Chris Carson over 125 rushing yards. And that was at plus 210. So hopefully we made up for it there. As for our guest, Andrew Cayley, he hit on the Panthers Seahawks over 48 and a half. But he lost in terrible fashion with the Eagles laying four and a half to the Redskins. Uh, he also lost on his top prop, Jarvis Landry, over 46 and a half yards. And he also lost on the Seahawks laying six and a half to the Panthers. So in that one, you know, Andrew really could have had a nice week. Last week, he got a little unlucky there at the end. He had the Redskins there getting four and a half because that last, uh, that oh last my gosh, you're right. touchdown. Yeah. 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 Actually, no. You know what? I completely have it backwards. You're absolutely right. He hit on the Eagles laying four and a half. I had it as the Redskins, but now that I'm looking at my notes, he had the Eagles. So he got totally lucky with that one. <laughs> yeah, because I was Thank on you that for as noticing well. that. Yes. Obviously if you weren't paying attention, I, by the way, I didn't have it on the on one of my best bets, but you know, on bettingpros.com a lot, you know, uh, over a hundred, you know, quote unquote experts, we put in our uh picks each week and I had the uh, Redskins getting six before the line moved down so that was a real bummer for me because I put several units uh, on that one but there were a bunch of crazy endings like that you know I'm sure people with the money line of course with uh, the 49ers over the Falcons and everything like that it was just it was a nutty week so hopefully this week will be a little a little tighter Uh, but anyway we are going to start, as we always do, uh, with pick six, where Sean and I are each going to give three of our best bets, either uh, against the spread or on the over-under. So, Sean, you can start us off. What's your number one pick? My number one pick, I'm going to uh, the Bucks game, squaring off against the Texans. Give me the Tampa Bay Bucks plus three. I know they are without uh, Mike Evans and Godwin, which really kind of killed me in fantasy, but... Uh, James Winston, man, he is just throwing the ball all around. Uh, I love kind of the offense I'm seeing out of this team. And, you know, when it comes to betting the Texans, whether you're on or off, to me the easiest way to handicap them is does the opposing team have a pass rush? Now, this Tampa Bay Bucks team, the defense isn't amazing, but Shaq Barrett, 16 and a half sacks, I think that's enough to carry them to get some pressure to rattle this Texans team. And it's also a great uh, look-ahead spot for the Texans. I know they need this game, but I could definitely see them looking ahead to the final matchup against the Titans at home in Houston. And uh, non-conference road game, I always like uh, going against those kind of teams. And 
And Jameis and the, the Bucks really feel like they're playing for something. They got Perriman involved. They got the tight ends going uh, last week. You know, Granted, Detroit's defense, not as good. But I think at home on the short week, catching three points, give me the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about it. I, I don't really know what to do with this game. I talked about it on Monday. You know, on Mondays, you've been on the Monday show a couple of yeah. times already. We do like we look at every game on the slate and we give our initial impressions. That one, the line, you know, had moved significantly. I believe it was the Texans laying one originally and it had moved to a settled where it is now to three. And he was sort of echoing what you've been saying in that, you know, when the public looks at this game from afar, you're like, well, you know, the Texans, they beat the Titans. They could have won that game, you know, going away a little bit. You know, they turn the ball over a couple of times and you know they have the chance now to really put this away and you think that they're just gonna maybe stomp all over the bucks but in the end that's not usually the way it works it's sort of the classic let down and look ahead game here that we've got because they've got the titans on two of the last three weeks here and they're going to face them in week 17 i would ordinarily be with you and and the bucks have been one of sort of the sharps favorite teams right over the last several weeks they've been all over them they've been capitalizing on the fact that they've been undervalued in the market really though i mean brashad perryman is the number one (laughs) wide receiver at this point and don't even forget man like scotty miller he's not a bad player and he's out for this game it's going to be justin watson who i actually like as sort of you know a project and everything like that but don't you get a little bit worried about the fact that you know as good as james has been playing and as much as he's going to throw and all of that that man i don't know if they even have the weapons to be able to put up the points necessary to cover that spread yeah, I mean, certainly that's a concern. But uh, again, he's cut, you know, Winston coming off back to back games where he's thrown for over 450 yards. And that's the first time that's happened in NFL history. So that's a bit, uh, I mean, that's an anomaly. And maybe there's some regression there and losing the targets. Yeah, but I, I just like what I've seen out of this Bucks team. There's always this sneaky couple teams at the end that are eliminated from playoff contention, but they're trying to get some momentum to roll it into next year. Kind of what else really got me going was the uh, the amount of public action on the Texans. Seems like everyone is hammering the Texans, laying the three as a road favorite. So that was kind of the deciding factor in selecting Tampa Bay. Yeah, fading the public is almost always a winning strategy. Uh, I, again, I don't hate it. It's just not a game where I feel all that comfortable either way. I would like the Bucks or narrowly. Just the lack of weapons makes me a little nervous. So it's probably a game I'm going to stay away from. I am going to get involved on a game which you may stay away from because it is not pretty, and that is the Jets getting three from the Steelers. <laughs> so I, I want this to get to three and a half. All right, the VIG is a little inflated right now on the three, so I'm just hoping that eventually it goes, although there is right now our consensus odds are three, but there's a two and a half out there from BetMGM, actually, our sponsor. So I'm not sure it's going to get to three and a half, but even at three, I'm going to take it. This is going to sound sort of silly, but I was a tiny bit impressed with what I saw from the Jets last week against uh, the Ravens. Forget about the defense, all right? It's almost impossible to stop Lamar Jackson whenever it's decent conditions. It's harder to stop him on a Thursday when the defense has little time to recover and prepare, and it's even harder when you're down Quinnen Williams and Jamal Adams. But the offense, I kind of expected to be completely shut down by the Ravens, who have been playing much better defensively over the last several weeks, and they really weren't. They moved the ball well. Sam Darnold dealt with not having a lot of time. He had the critical turnovers, of course, but they easily could have put up a few more points. And Le'Veon Bell ran for a season high in yards, but I I don't want to, I'm going to be careful here. I don't want to cast aspersions on anyone, okay? But to me, 
as a Jets fan and just somebody watching, he looks completely uninterested in playing football, <laughs> particularly in that game, right? I mean, there were a bunch of plays where he's clearly the first, maybe the second read on a screen pass, and he's legitimately just kind of like walking or slowly jogging. You see Darnold look at him and you're like, oh, all right, I guess I got to go to my next read because he's yeah. just not even putting in every That's not going to be the case this week, okay? He's playing his old team, the Steelers. I don't mean the revenge game where he's going to have a huge game, but I think that he's one of still the more talented backs in the league. He's not always motivated, and I just think he's going to be motivated. So I think at least on like those types of plays, he's going to run hard and try to get open. That The Steelers, they, they have an elite defense, but I do think that playing the Ravens, as I mentioned, whose defense has also been great, is going to help Darnold deal with that. I really like seeing him get Jamison Crowder back involved so he could you know, need him on these shorter passes. And defensively for the Jets, you know they can stop the run. They Obviously, last weekend was terrible, but uh, on Thursday, I mean, but... I mean, who cares? They're going to get Jamal Adams back here. I mean, I'm surprised. I kind of thought he'd be shut down, but there was word out today. He is going to play. Hopefully, Williams is going to play too. It's a more conventional offense for them. They're coming off that mini buy, and if they are able to shut down the run, you can shut down James Conner. Then you're left with Duck Hodges, and even if Smith-Schuster comes back here, it sounds like he's also trending in the right direction. It's just not the type of game to fear. I mean, you saw last week against Buffalo, the cornerbacks for the Jets have actually played a little better. In the end, I don't just think the Steelers are all that good. They have a good defense, but their offense is really terrible. They had a very tough game on Sunday night. They've got no faith in their offense. It reminds me a little bit of like the Bears before Trubisky got a little bit hot. Like If the Jets come out and they can score on their opening drive and they get to a lead, particularly touchdown, I feel like you could just look at the Steelers and see that entire team wilt. Be like, all right, we gave up a touchdown now, So right? So I'll probably drop a little bit on the money line too here, Uh, but with the three, if I can get three and a half, I'm waiting for it, I'm begging for it, but even with the three, I'm going to take it here. I think the Jets actually win this game at home uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you make a compelling case for the Jets, and uh, that's sometimes hard to do, but you're right. I, I, as a fan, it's nearly impossible to do. Believe me, I've been beaten down. I know uh, I know, I know. know their offense kind of was clicking there at times uh, because I actually teased them up to 22, and uh, so I actually hit on that leg of the tease. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, And, and it did feel like Darnold left a couple plays out, out there. Uh, maybe he converts on some of those at home. I think uh, – you know, one of the things that if you're back in the Steelers, you have to be concerned about is Duck Hodges as a road favorite. Are we really ready to dub him as a three-point road favorite? We've seen this before where these young QBs come in, they're coached up, they don't have a lot of film on them, they succeed early for two, three, maybe even four games, and then the kind of the film gets out on them, they know how to play them, and then it kind of falls apart. That certainly could be a situation here. Uh, yeah, and as far as Le'Veon Bell not being interested in football, I mean, what would give you that idea? The fact that he was out on a game day that same evening where he didn't play because he was sick and he bowled a 251. And then they but it's, asked, a two, it's a 251 shot. <laughs> I mean, he's got some effort going on there. Yeah, that. yeah, that's true. And then they asked him about it and he goes, Well, I think it's impressive that I bowled a 251 with the flu. It's like, yeah. dude, that is Darn not right. what you say to the New York media. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Again, you know, I've, I've watched the Jets game, but on Sunday, I'm, you know, we do, uh, Mike Teglier and I do a fancy podcast on Sunday night. So I'm watching, trying to watch all the games. I'm not just watching the Jets, my own team. This was on Thursday night, one of the few games that I could watch without any other distractions. And oh my God, just how little he seemed to really be putting in that effort. Again, there were plays you looked, Darnold legitimately looked at him rolling out for a screen pass as if that's the first read. And there's a guy in his vicinity and he's walking like he just had nothing. So look, the both sides are going to be motivated, to be fair. The Steelers are going to be up for this game to try to yeah. stop Bell. I'm sure 
Tour. But really, in the end, they need to win to to get into the playoffs here. I, I get you mentioned it with Duck Hodges. I do not trust them. I you know I think the the book is out on him. I think the Jets are going to take away uh, the run as is their strength. I think they're going to put it on Hodges. And you know, I, I Darnold's probably going to be running for his life. But you know, his quote unquote success against the Ravens on Thursday made me feel a little more comfortable. All right, look, we have completely reached our quota on talking about the Jets right now. So let's move on to your second pick. What do you have? Give me the uh, Green Bay Packers in Minnesota catching five and a half points. Now, this Green Bay team, it's it's weird. They're kind of like the NFC version of the Patriots where they keep winning games. But when you watch them, you're like, are they good? They're not that good. Why are they good? But they're winning games, so they're they're hard to fade. I'm riding them catching five and a half points. I mean, the, the one stat and trend that jumps out of you is Kirk Cousins. He's 0-8 in, on Monday Night Football. 0-8. And then you look at some of the injuries that the Vikings are dealing with. It doesn't look like uh, Dalvin Cook is going to play. Uh, Madison, he's banged up. It looks like it's going to be down to Boone. And you've seen the, the success for Kirk Cousins has come off the play action, right? They get Dalvin Cook going. They get some screen games going. And, or, you know, the screen game going. And then they kind of do play action off that to kind of play to his strength. I think uh, Green Bay's in a good position here. They're highly motivated. I mean, this is, again, they're they're right in the mix to, uh, you know, they could even be making a run here at the one or the two seed. Aaron Rodgers, while he's not putting up amazing numbers, they're just winning games. I'm a little bit worried about the second half because that is kind of been a, a struggle for the Packers. But I, I, I think they show up. Uh, I think they show up in Minnesota, and it, there really is something to this monkey on Kirk Cousins' back being zero and eight in Monday Night Football and being zero and eight. You know, just not succeeding in prime time. I think is a real thing, and I, I just love the Packers getting this many points. It's a lot of points. It was at four and a half, so the money obviously came in here uh, on the Vikings to push it. It's a weird game for me, man. I mean, you mentioned uh, about the running backs. Everything I'm reading sounds like both Cook and Madison are going to miss this game. And, yeah. you know, uh, you know, my guy, you know, Bobby uh, Sylvester, who I work with over at Fantasy Pros, he loves Mike Boone. It's like one of his favorite players. <laughs> I-, I think he's talented, too, but he's not Cook and he's not Madison. So it certainly is going to be something. You know, the Cousins thing, look, he played well on I think it was Monday Night Football against the Seahawks. So I don't want to I don't want to knock the guy too much. He's played <laughs> on some bad teams, but I get it. The thing is, I think in the end the Vikings probably have almost nothing to play for here. I mean, if the Ram I believe if the Rams lose on Saturday and they're favored to lose against um the 49ers, then the Rams I believe are eliminated from playoff contention if I have that right Um, and if so right and if so the Vikings are in and they could technically win the division but I think the Packers have to lose both their last two games I believe I I could be wrong so they have to I'm pretty sure they have to beat the Packers obviously and then and then they have to win and Packers have to lose the following one and the Packers have just consistently done well in the division 49 and 30 against the spread in divisional games since 2006 now, you know, that's going way back, but I do think there is kind of a mental edge where a lot of teams go into Minnesota, they play in that spaceship-like dome, they get kind of intimidated, that the crowd noise gets to them. I don't see that rattling this Packers team. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, again, this is a game where sort of, I, I'm, you know, you make good points. I like the analysis. I don't go on the other side. I'm not, you know, five and a half is a crazy spread. It should it's be like too, three it's and a half. Or, yeah. Right? 
Correct. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think the Vikings are going to win. I just don't know whether or not they're going to cover. So I think it's fair. But yeah, you know, you mentioned it. The Packers are just kind of bugging me, man, because they're not yeah. that good. They don't play that well. They don't have a killer instinct when they get out ahead, but they somehow keep winning. And they are motivated. Uh, again, I talked on Monday about this with Dave Koken, which is sort of like, you know, the motivation of seeding he feels like is not really a big issue when teams play and stuff like that. That's fine. But, you know, regardless, it's a divisional game, uh, you know, and the one thing I think that you can think of a second divisional game when teams like this have played each other, obviously, you know, for several years, you still got Aaron Rodgers and you had Cousins last year. They know each other pretty well. I think it's going to be a game that's probably going to play close. So and with that, getting five and a half points, I really I have no issue with it other than the fact that man, the Packers make me mad because <laughs> I feel like I don't really have a good read on them. Uh, I'm yeah. going to go with an over-under uh, for my second pick, uh, and that's the, yeah, exciting, the uh, Bengals and the Dolphins over 46.5, mainly because I feel like we need some reason to watch this game at this point. <laughs> so I got to go on. Uh, the Bengals probably have the top seed in the draft locked up, so they can just go for it and not have to worry about making sure they lose to lock up that pick. Joel Mixon has been running incredibly well. He did pop up on the injury report today. As yeah, the everything cap. I'm reading. Yeah, it, it sounds minor. I don't like that on a Thursday, but, you know, obviously, you know, wait and see what that is because I, I would not be going over if Mixon is out because he's sort of the key. He's 136 yards against the Patriots last week, more than 75 rushing yards in five of the Bengals' last six games. The Dolphins' run defense is absolutely terrible. They're allowing nearly 141 yards per game on the ground. So I think the Bengals are easily going to be able to march up and down the field. The Dolphins lack a true, you know, really good cornerback uh, now that Xavier Howard is out. So I expect Tyler Boyd to kind of get back on track here. And I think against a soft defense like this, this is their last chance to get a win. Zach Taylor is going to pull out some creative plays. And after watching the Giants sort of march up and down the field last week, there's little reason for me to think that the Bengals are going to struggle to put up points. And on the flip side, I think the Dolphins are going to focus more on their pass, particularly with Devontae Parker. Bengals are absolutely dreadful against the pass. They allow an opposing quarterback rating of 96, a ton of big plays that fits perfectly into what Devontae Parker can do. They're oddly good at preventing touchdowns in the red zone. They have like a really good red zone defense, which makes me a little bit nervous when I'm looking at the over. But either way, this just sort of feels like a game where both offenses are going to be able to put up points. There's a chance of at least one pick six, if not multiple pick sixes, given who these quarterbacks are. So I think the scoring gets up here to push it past 46. So I'll take the over on 46 and a half. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I hadn't really broken down the total on this game, but I, I really I really love that angle. This Dolphins team, I mean, you you look at Fitzpatrick, that guy's just scrappy. He's like running, he's getting knocked around, and their defense has just been, uh, I mean, a complete sieve. Uh, you know, the Jets game was 43 points, but other than that, you look at like their past games, 56 points total against the, against the Giants, 68 against the Eagles, 65 against the Browns. Heck, they even got the Bills, 57 total points. Like, this this Miami team, they've been, I mean, they probably only had one under there in those past games. And don't forget about, you know, that game against the Jets. They were in the red zone every oh drive. God, they had seven field goals, so they easily could have popped that over. So, yeah, this just strikes me uh, as an over team. I have no idea who's going to win the game. I do not have a feel for that spread whatsoever. But I feel like getting a little action on it is good, and I feel like the over is probably the play. All right, let's move on to your third pick. What do you have? I like your angle. Hey, I'm going to be watching this game. Well, I got to figure out some way to bet on it without losing my mind. Right? Let's go over. Let's root for some pick sixes and scores. Absolutely. Well, I'll be losing my mind if uh, the Philadelphia Eagles do not win this game uh, Sunday. 
big Eagles fan, but I, I'm going to try and put away my, uh, you know, my all my biases to the, my best ability and handicap this game. But yeah, I like the Eagles getting uh, one and a half, uh, two points, wherever it ends up closing. I like them as a dog. I like them as a home dog. The thing here with this Eagles team, everyone looks at their defense and they think, oh my God, their defense has been horrific. And while you could certainly say that uh, about them, I mean, again, they let up 37 points to the Dolphins. Their defense is actually being quietly kind of decent uh, at home, which is probably the best compliment I can give to their defense. But you look at their last five games, they're only averaging 14.2 points per game. If you want to look at a game where they let up more than 17 points, you got to go all the way back to September 27th against the Detroit Lions. And this Eagles offense, you watch, or I mean, watching those last two games, you can see Wentz has got a bit of a rhythm with these new guys. And I don't know if it was Alshon Jeffrey being hurt or Nelson Aguilar being hurt, whatever it was, bringing in Greg Ward. And again, I was I was touting him left and right that you must start Greg Ward in your DraftKings lineup. He's only three thousand dollars. I'm telling you, people, he's gonna have a big game. He puts up 19.1 uh, fantasy points. Makes me look like a genius. But it's just obvious. Like the guy is making a play on the ball. Boston Scott's coming in there. He's making uh, plays on the ball. And and as much as uh, as a fan as I've critiqued Doug Peterson, I think rightly so. Doug Peterson seems to get these guys up for must-win games. You saw it last year towards the end. Now, granted, some of that was Nick Foles. But even these last two games, essentially must-win games, uh, Wentz has come up in the clutch there, driving them down the fourth quarter. And then finally, Dak Prescott, Dakota Prescott himself, he's banged up. I mean, this this MRI shoulder injury, the Eagles were, the spread was up to three, and then I think this shoulder injury has a, is responsible for this line movement down back to one and a half. And uh, there's got a, I think there's something to that. He's got an AC joint issue. He's also got an issue with his uh, hand there. It's like, I, I don't know how they're describing it, but like a near broken finger. Uh, I think that could be a real issue for them. So I think the, I think the injuries, I think the mojo that the Eagles have and the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are just openly interviewing other coaches, it appears in Dallas during the biggest week of their season. I think, I think that's got to have some impact on the team. First of all, I love um, getting fantasy involved because I also uh, am a fantasy analyst. So kudos to you on that one. Yeah, I'll be honest. If not for the Prescott shoulder injury, I would be on the Cowboys. I, I just, you know, for me, man, I, I don't know, dude. Like, I get that the Eagles, kudos to the Eagles for continuing to somehow pull out these games where, you know, they have nothing going on at, at wide receiver. I mean, it's legitimately Greg Ward. I mean, Ortega Whiteside is is banged up too. Yeah, I know. He? I mean, yeah, I he just he just showed up with a foot injury. It's crazy to think Carson Wentz uh, last week the the receivers they had on their active fifty three day roster had a combined twenty catches in their career to yeah. start the game. So yeah, there's two ways to look at it. It's one way to look at it as an optimist is oh my god they're they're coming from behind they're coming up they're winning these must games. And, in clutch situations. The other way is, oh my God, they let the Redskins and the Giants get out to these big leads. I'm going to look at it at the other way. And I think the, and that's to my angle of like the defense at home and the defense looked horrible in the first half against the Giants, but they shut them out in the second half and 17 points. I mean, if the Eagles can't put up 21 to beat them, then they certainly don't deserve to win. But I, I think that's kind of the heart of my angle is that, for whatever reason, this defense, as hot and cold as it's been, uh, they do seem to show up at home. 
Yeah, and I think offensively, you're probably going to see a whole lot of Zach Ertz, as you see, generally speaking, anyway, because I think with the tight end, you can attack the Cowboys a little bit. I'm still nervous about it. I need to do some more reading. If Prescott is limited, and again, his injury, you know, the finger stuff he's been playing through now, I think, for two weeks, so I I think he's okay. The shoulder thing sounds legitimate, man. Whatever it is, it's not like a poo-poo, oh, look, he's popping up. Like, this is legitimate. It, It sounds relatively serious, so it's something where I'm a little nervous about it. If I felt confident in Prescott I don't know man I I think I'd go with the Cowboys because I I I I, you know again I take you mentioned it goes one of two ways and I probably look at it the other way which is oh my god you could have easily lost to both the Giants and the Redskins and 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 they did lose to the Dolphins so again certainly a good case there uh, to be made but again, it's a divisional game. You never know. And, you know, putting your faith in Jason Garrett is rarely a winning proposition. <laughs> yeah, so, Jason uh, Garrett as a road favorite in a must-win yeah. game. That's also I, pretty scary. I think for the most part, I'm just avoiding all the games that you pick because <laughs> I'm terrified of them. Um, instead, I will pick great matchups like the Jets getting three. And I'll go with another uh, underdog for my third pick. And that's the Cardinals getting nine and a half from the Seahawks. So the Seahawks are 11 and 3, right? They could easily be end up the number 1 seed in the NFC. They have a point differential of plus 26. That is the same as the Rams, slightly more than the Bucks, slightly more than the Chargers and slightly more than the Eagles. They've won by more than 8 points one time this season. One time in their 11 wins now that one time was against these very same Cardinals. So that that is something uh I don't really see the game coming out like that uh nine and a half it's a pretty big number okay I mean and I faded the Cardinals last week against the Browns that was a mistake obviously and it's not like I'm buying the Cardinals suddenly but I do think they can move the ball here against the Seahawks as you saw last week Kyler Murray does pretty well when he doesn't have to deal with pressure and the Seahawks rarely get pressure on the opposing quarterback they're one of the worst in the league at that and that's just not the way they play defense at this point and their defense by the way it's pretty decimated at this point we know Quandre Diggs is already going to be out Jadavion Clowney is almost certainly going to be out. They are dealing with injuries to Ziggy Ansah and Bobby Wagner, Shaquille Griffin. Uh, Kendricks are all banged up at this point, so it's unclear how healthy they're going to be. And we saw Kenyon Drake get going last week. Kyler Murray ran a tongue. And the Seahawks, they allow more than four and a half yards per carry. So I think the Cardinals are going to be able to put up some points here. And so will the Seahawks, obviously. The Cardinals defense, particularly the pass defense, is just terrible. It's basically the worst in the league. And the Seahawks passing offense, it's not crazy explosive, though, right? I mean, Russell Wilson's yeah. amazing, but they just lost Josh Gordon. It's not like they're going to go out there and, and immediately, like, drive right down the field. They'll be able to run the ball as well. The Cardinals' run defense isn't good either. So there are going to be points scored in this game. But, I mean, we saw it last week, right? They dominated the Panthers, totally dominated. And then they were just kind of took their foot off the gas. Yeah, they and they allowed the Panthers Gordon. to cover, depending on where you got the number. I got it at 5.5 at one place, which was great. Uh, but I had it at 6.5, which I felt confident in as well, and I lost that one uh the cardinals have covered in the majority of their games uh that's usually because they're getting the big number and in the end what it really comes down to is this game really doesn't mean very much to seattle i mean if they beat the 49ers next week i think they win the division regardless of what the 49ers do against the rams or what they do against the cardinals and yeah they're seeding and you know they're going for the bye with the packers and the saints and 
Again, though, Dave Koken really hammered down the point that, you know, when you look historically, seeding does not seem to be all that much of a motivational factor. When you're making the playoffs or you're winning the division, that means much more. Going for seeding, even when it comes to a bye, doesn't usually have that big of an impact. So I think the Seahawks are going to, in this game, try to be a little careful with their injured players. I don't think they're going to push everything. And even if they jump out to a lead, I think they can take their foot off the gas. Nine and a half, it's a big number. So I think the Cardinals, at the very least, can backdoor cover. Yeah, and and I think you brought up a great point that the Seah- the Seahawks aren't really basing their offense around explosive plays. Like they love just hammering the rock. They love running the ball. They love getting Chris Carson involved. Uh, you know, especially now that they lost Rashad Penny. And again, the only thing that scared me um from taking the the Cardinals cuz I'm also uh, on the Cardinals on on uh, the Sports Gambling podcast. It's just that Seattle has a history of kind of like little brothering uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Sure. In the in the same way that the Rams always play the Seahawks tough, regardless of the year, it seems like Seattle always just kind of has Arizona's number. But the point differential, the the motivation, there's just so much going for Arizona, and especially at that giant number, Arizona has been sneaky with the backdoor at times this season. So yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, anytime you get to a number like that where you're approaching double digits, it always I'm like, okay, I I need to find a reason not to take this because I always lean towards the well. I mean, come on, and yeah, you know, like a dozen always. The Jets obviously didn't cover that giant number um, from last week, so you never know. But with double me, digit, yeah, I think a division dogs, you know, yeah, it, that's a strong trend. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough for me to go against uh, the Cardinals here. All right, so let's recap. You're going to take the Bucks getting three from the Texans, the Packers getting five and a half. I surprised the number has gotten to that high again, but Packers getting five and a half from the Vikings and the Eagles getting one and a half from the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Jets getting three from the Steelers, the Dolphins and the Bengals over 46 and a half and the Cardinals getting nine and a half from the Seahawks. All right, before we move on to our next segment, I want to tell everybody about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM and specifically the BetMGM sports app. Do you like betting on sports? Do you like betting on sports from the comfort of your own home? Do you like betting on sports from the comfort of your own home and basically being offered free money? If not, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast, but if so, then you should be downloading the BetMGM Sports app and using our promo code Harris. That's my last name. With the BetMGM Sports app, you can place a wager and move money in and out of your account right from your home. And they do all these boosted bets where the odds of you losing are so incredibly small and the risk so absurdly minor that I don't know how they stay in business, but you should take advantage of it. Last week, if you signed up and used our promo code and your first bet was a $1 wager on the Cowboys to beat the Rams on the money line, then you not only won your $1 bet, but you also won $100 in free bets because Dak Prescott completed a pass. And this week... If your first bet is a $1 money line bet on the Chiefs to beat the Bears, then you win $100 in free bets if Patrick Mahomes completes even a single pass. It does not matter if the Chiefs win or lose. You get $100 in free bets when Mahomes completes his first pass regardless. These offers are not unusual at BetMGM, so just search for the BetMGM Sports app on your phone and download it. Sign up for an account. Use our promo code Harris and make sure your first bet is a $1 money line bet on the Chiefs. And when Patrick Mahomes completes his first pass, congratulations, you have now won $100. So hurry up and sign up with our promo code. These winnings are paid in free bets. You must be 21 years or older. And although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet and certain restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Sean, let's move on to It's a Trap, where we list the line that we are avoiding. What do you have? 
You know, I, I really like this uh, Denver team at times as a giant dog. I, I like them. I really like them against the Texans and uh, that gigantic number a couple of weeks ago. I thought they were undervalued. But now I, I think the market's corrected a little too much. But they're going up against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Detroit's getting six and a half. Oh, man, I, I just want no part of this game. I mean, it's it's a really weird non-conference road game. Again, I kind of like what I've seen out of, out of uh, Locke here, but it's a very limited sample size. Then on the other side, you got Detroit, who they just made it clear they're not going to fire their head coach, so I don't know how that's going to impact things. Six and a half feels like a lot for this Denver team who looked that bad against Kansas City. But, uh, yeah, I don't really want to take either team in this, so, yeah, that's one to avoid for sure. Yeah, when I first looked at it, I kind of liked Denver a little bit just because I feel like, how is David Blau going to be able to move yes. the ball uh, on this offense? But, you know, I, this may be sort of more of a narrative thing, but I feel like at this stage of the year, right, when you've got these teams that are out of it and, you know, the Broncos come home after a road trip and stuff like that, and they're probably just kind of like, you know, it's the holiday season, yeah, and, you know, right? They're just yeah. sort of getting fat and happy and just like, okay, I feel like the intensity might not be there. So it was something that kind of moved me up. But, yeah. A game like that is just not really a fun game to bet, and it's kind of very similar to the game that I'm avoiding, and that's the Chargers laying six and a half oh, to the Raiders. <laughs> I, I I don't know what I'm going to get from either of these teams in any given game. The Raiders had absolutely no business losing that game to Jacksonville last weekend. It was their final game in Oakland. They came out hot, and then they were just like, all right, cool, cool, that's cool. We'll just hang back, whatever. It was completely in hand. Meanwhile, the Chargers are the least reliable team in the NFL right now. They're capable of looking really, really good at any given time or completely god-awful, which they do the majority of the time. They were the sharp side of that game last week against the Vikings, right? And that line, I was... Yeah, seven seven turnovers. (laughs) That's a... I mean, that's a real... Oh, jeez. The Chargers team. I feel bad for the fans. Yeah, and, you know, I was all over the Vikings. I was like, this is the public side. I'm willing to ride with the public at this point because (laughs) there's just no way I think they're going to do it. So, again, it's I believe it's Rivers' last game at home, you know, so, you know, he'll he'll go out there. Maybe they get up for it, but six and a half, again, a big number. I have no idea what I'm going to get from either of these two teams. So it's sort of like your pick. Six and a half, a a big spread from two teams that I have no idea how motivated they are or what you're going to see from either one of them. So I'm going to avoid it. So you'll avoid the Broncos laying six and a half to the Lions. I'll avoid the Chargers laying six and a half to the Raiders, and we will both be happier for it. So before we go to our final segment, I want to remind everyone about our giveaway. It is a signed Michael Thomas Saints helmet. You can go to bettingpros.com slash contest for more details. But to enter, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. If you have already entered a previous contest, you are automatically entered for this one, so no worries about that. Now, the Thomas Helmet, all of our signed helmets, they come from Pristine Auction, where they offer a ton of great memorabilia with thousands of auctions every single day. Just go to pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And when you go there, use our promo code bettingpros and win a free $5 voucher instantly. All right, John, let's finish up with top prop your top prop bet of the week what do you have i'm gonna take uh Jameis winston to get over 300 plus passing yards see it at minus 114 i mean i like all versions of this 300 350 400 450 
I just go all in on this because not only are, is Tampa Bay passing the ball well, but Houston, their passing defense, 28th uh, in passing yards in the league. And if you look at their average per game, 291 passing yards uh, the, per game the last three games. Again, Winston coming off 450-yard back-to-back performances. Maybe there's a little regression, but I like taking props where you can build a scenario for either team that still gets you to the prop. And so for me, I think even if the if the Bucks don't win somehow, or if they if they're getting blown out, I think they're still going to be passing. If they're winning, I think it's going to be because they're passing a bunch. So either way, I, I think Winston's going to get his, especially when it comes to passing yards. Now, to be clear, the correct bet is Jameis Winston over 400 passing yards at plus 550. That is the one Go that for I'm going to yep. do. I'm going to do it. Yeah, no, I like everything. Everything you said makes sense. Again, the one worry with it is the fact that he pretty much has nobody left to throw to, but I don't care. He's 905 yards away, I believe, from breaking Peyton Manning's single-season passing insane. yards mark, right? That's two games of 450 yards or whatever. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of throwing, as you mentioned, the Texans. 26 in DVOA, DVOA against the pass. So I do think they're going to need points. They're going to be throwing. So I love it. That's definitely a prop that I will be interested in. Uh, I'm also interested in a prop. Uh, I'll be honest. Winston would have been my top prop had you not stolen it. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But, you know, you've, you've been you've been a good guest. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you have a pass <laughs> on that you. one. So I'm going to go with a, a less impressive <laughs> prop, but still one that I'm going to be playing. And that's Terry McLaurin to go over 100 receiving yards. That's at plus 170. So you're getting, you know, close to 2-1 to one on your money. Janoris Jenkins is gone for the Giants. You can pass on them, particularly as their run defense has gotten a little bit stronger over the past several weeks. Now, I know Bill Callahan just wants to run the ball nonstop, but you have seen of late Dwayne Haskins actually playing a little bit better, and he and McLaurin are finally showing a little bit of the connection from college that everybody had kind of been waiting for, and he caught all five of his targets, and that's really what it was. I mean, sometimes Haskins just, like, missing him, and it's just terrible to watch him, but, you know, they're getting, you know, the efficiency is getting better. They're showing a little more of that connection. I think they're going to be chasing points in this game. I think the Giants are going to be able to put up, I think, Saquon looks close to being back to full strength. I think they have their full complement of passing weapons outside of Evan Ingram, but the three receivers. So I think the Giants will put up points. I think uh, the Redskins are going to need to try to keep up uh, to keep up with them. I think that in the end, there's going to be at least one or two big plays to McLaurin. So 100 receiving yards at plus 170. That's uh, I'll, I'll call that my second top prop because my first one is Winston, but I'll go with McLaurin over 100 receiving yards at plus 170. Yeah, I love that as well. I mean, I I got uh, McLaurin in a bunch of my uh, DFS lineups. I I I mean, yeah, it's a great matchup. And again, yeah, these yards after catch. I mean, maybe it's just how bad the Eagles tackling is, but he's he's definitely been great for yards after catch as well. And uh, yeah, especially against that Giants secondary, that's a great matchup for him. Yeah, especially without Jenkins, and that is the thing. I mean, McLaurin is you know a type of guy who can take a short pass and take it to the house and build all of those yards after the catch. So it is something I'm going to be playing both of those. Uh, but uh, I'll be honest, I do like yours a little bit better because I, I think I would have gone with that. Well, anyway, that is going to do it for today's show. Thanks again for joining me, Sean. Remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. Yeah, just uh, check me out on Twitter at Sean T. Green. And then, of course, the Sports Gambling Podcast at Gambling Podcast or uh, check it out, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, and yeah, wherever you can listen to podcasts. Awesome. Well, I want to remind everyone about BetMGM, where you can win $100 in free bets on your $1 Moneyline bet on the Chiefs to beat the Bears, so long as Patrick Mahomes completes even a single pass if you sign up. For the BetMGM Sports app and use our promo code Harris. And don't forget to leave a review for 
uh, the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com to be entered into our Michael Thomas Saints signed helmet giveaway. Good luck with your wagers this weekend, everybody. We'll be back breaking down the early lines for Week 17 on Monday.